1: Welcome to another episode of Event Brew. I am here with two of my favorite US hosts <laughs> because we're missing <laughs> the Canadian, Dustin. This is Tui Deep, still just free agent, free spirit. Free agent. <laughs> Who else <laughs> do we have?
2: And this is Will Kern from Endless Events uh, hanging out in Phoenix, Arizona.
0: And this is Nick of Brelli Strategies, Multitasking and Catching some Pokemon while we're talking. Oh, yeah. I had to change the game to make it. uh, Yeah, I never stopped uh, since the first weekend it came out. And then uh, I had the chance to do a presentation about uh, Pokemon at uh, IBTM World in Barcelona. That's as, as surreal as my world's colliding. Um, but they've had to change the game dynamics in order to make it more COVID, uh, applicable. So everything, is, everything has changed.
2: For, for those who don't know that, uh, about Nick, I don't think we've said it on this podcast, but, uh, Nick, I had a watch that used to auto catch Pokemon. It would just buzz on his wrist and he tap on his wrist and it would catch the Pokemon for him. I have <laughs>
0: two, well, I have two, which is way worse. Uh, I have a backup too. Uh, I have a third party one and a first party one. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm ready to go uh, at all times uh, for the the pokey economy. Hopefully, that kicks in uh, and changes, takes over our economy, and the pokey economy becomes the, <laughs> the most important one.
1: Well, when What's you're it? catching while you guys are catching that, just what are we drinking?
0: Ooh, you know, catching we, things in my mouth, right? Uh, we we've changed our time, and it, it makes a big difference. Of like. Uh, me consuming all the, all the high test poison that I'm I'm normally used to going for. So, uh, I'm in like sparkling water zone at this point in the day, uh, after dinner. So I'm in the aha. I don't know if you've seen these, like they're like target everywhere. Like this, this brand. Oh
2: yeah! Oh, it's actually called Uh aha! Wow! Yeah,
0: it's caffeinated. So I mean, it's like
2: that moment when you drink, you're like, "Uh aha!
0: Aha! So it is caffeinated. So yeah, you know, I'm I'm trying, uh, but they're really good. I mean, honestly, like I I know I'm like pitching for a Coca Cola right now. Um, That's who. (laughs) That's literally who uh, owns this brand. But um, yeah, the uh, the this one actually has green tea in it. So guys, I I I I Uh, am wait, uh, Wait. the furthest away. Uh, from tea. But technically, there's there's a tea adjacent beverage. Do we need
2: to bring them into hashtag team tea?
1: Hashtag. Well, I don't maybe <laughs> just,
2: <laughs> I don't know. We can get
1: that. And it's I'm to become a
2: tri- trial membership. You guys are like local,
0: you know, like uh, teas from these uh, very specific types. And I'm like, uh, Coca-Cola sparkling water with a with a hint of uh, uh, tea
2: chemicals. Uh, carcinogenic. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, I just went on my hike. I just came out back from my hike, and I was really high up there in the Hollywood Hills. So I was thinking, on my as I was walking, oh, maybe I'll get a Monster Energy drink and then you know get yeah. back and record. But I couldn't. Classic drinking, hiking drink. I'm drinking <laughs> Creation no. Organic. It's sixteen dollars for this, and it's the Slim Master. So all that's in it: it's lemons, stevia, cayenne, and Alkaline water.
2: So it's alkaline water. It's so it's like water, a lemon replacement sugar replacement and cayenne pepper.
1: And lemon. Yeah. That
2: sounds like the most disgusting mist I've ever anything I could ever drink ever again I'm sorry it's too. Like a lemonade. I'm
1: with
2: you. Ugh, but yeah, I don't know. I it's kind of like the
1: don't be hanging on me. What are you drinking? I'm
2: drinking uh David Rio chai, um, but I'm drinking vanilla variant, which is uh, like it's kind of like almost drinking a vanilla milkshake. It's pretty cool but it tastes like chai a little bit like chai yeah yeah well well i i'll, I'll grant nick a a one hour membership to team green tea um
1: we should all switch. based
2: on Yeah, oh switch drinks i got for, coffee yeah.
1: I'll, I'll drink canadian water I, oh, dang it. I was
2: like that's not fair that's the situation. Make sure we're, okay. So next episode, uh, we should make sure that De- Dustin gets like a really horrible energy drink, and then yes. we uh, there. You this go. This is
1: punishment. Right. Well, what right. are we well, talking about, you guys? Well, no, seriously. Like, what are we? What are we talking about? <laughs> I,
0: I just got an email from uh, this like toy company that was saying uh, that about their like Hello Kitty. Uh, Team USA keychains that they have, and uh, it, they're like, even though we're not uh, having the Olympics this year, uh, we're uh, we're still putting this stuff. And I'm like, man, uh, I every once in a while I forget about stuff like that. Like, we should have had an Olympics this year. Like, this is this oh, is wow. yeah, so right. crazy. Like, I mean, and like people still had to build stuff. Like, there's sponsorships that were made. Things are printed the landfills full of Olympic 2020 stuff that exists somewhere, probably if we, you know, not to like bring everyone down right off the gate, but this, uh, this COVID
2: stuff is, uh, it's surreal. For sure. So what the idea I think behind today's episode is that we know it's going to be pretty time sensitive because it's going to shift over time. Um, but we thought it was important to talk about the CDC's guidelines for large mass gatherings in large community events. Um, which uh, I didn't know about until another event professional said like, oh, look, didn't you see the CDC says it's okay for 250 people to get together? And I was like, what? And this was two weeks ago. Uh, and then and for everyone to get context, it's May 29th, 2020 right now. Um, and so when I saw it, I was like, that sounds wrong. I was like, wow, if the CDC saying it's okay, I guess they know what's going on. But then Nick you noticed something very interesting I think before we even dive 100% in this of something very interesting about this which we're going to link it down below so you guys can check this out and hopefully it still exists um at this time but yeah Nick what did you notice with this that was kind of interesting Well
0: I mean the, the the CDC guidelines are um that are up there on uh the community schools workplaces that that area it says gatherings of community events plan prepare and respond Everything is from March, which, uh, you know, like it's not really um, like the world changes so quickly that like it's kind of absurd. And then there's a, a PDF version of it that is uh, earmarked April 5th. So that's a little better. But like things again, things are changing so much. But like uh, the the 250 uh, is really where they start to say things get hairy, you know, like things get. Um, kind of more risky. so it's not necessarily saying like let's go ahead and have these events. It's saying that's the kind of threshold for uh, where we see the problems starting to you know creep in, in in a bigger way. So it's more like if you have something planned on the books exceeding that, consider that to be one of the uh, tipping points that can uh, for canceling. Um, so the, the language is, is a little bit more skewed towards um, what makes you in the warning zone. Um, But there's a hierarchy here, which I find to be very interesting as far as the potential risks uh, and and a number, uh, I guess, the factors to determine if you need to postpone or cancel large large gatherings. In every variation of this, the first one is the scale. So uh, I, I not only like, yes, there's a timeliness to what we're talking about today, but I think there's also an evergreen Uh, lesson uh, associated with what we're gonna be talking about today as far as the hierarchy of the the tipping points of um, the biggest risk factors and uh, the first one is scale and I think that moving forward when when people are talking about what are you doing to adhere to the CDC guidelines and you're gonna see a lot of like blanket statements I think of we're doing everything we can to follow the CDC guidelines just know that like so far, consistently, the CDC has ranked the scale of your event, the size of your event as their biggest risk factor. Uh, so uh, again, we, we ha- there's going to be specific numbers that are out now and the specific number may change. Just know that like scale is a risk and and if it's not covid and 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 people are more sensitive to uh people getting sick in general moving forward just know that the scale of your event the size of your event when you're saying in your marketing and your communication that we're doing everything we can uh, and you have this massive massive event uh, just know that like that's not consistent with CDC guidelines as far as uh, the design of a gathering uh, that it, that is first and foremost a uh, less risky endeavor when it comes to uh, sickness. Um, I'm not saying the positives might not outweigh that they may but um, that's where at least that body is coming from. Does that change how you guys think about design.
2: Yeah, I mean like, well, I mean yeah, it's very interesting. I think everyone no everyone when it comes to events for a long time would always say more people was always better. But like now it's like the opposite. People are like, well, maybe more intimate is better on here too. In that
0: way. I mean, at least when it comes to uh at least when it comes to um I guess like the idea of viral uh, you know, outbreaks and things like that um that is going to be at, at odds. Um tui do you are you going to start like thinking about and i'm not saying like in the short term obviously everyone has to think about it in the short term but long term like do you think that's going to be part of the conversation
1: absolutely and we talked a, l- a little bit about this off air but it's really about the attendee engagement and it's the mind shift of the planner because as you're designing it's i i think of it like okay, your audience is going to be different. And so in regards to the size, in regards to even maybe the the region they're coming from, they're probably going to be local now. And so it can still be beneficial. More likes doesn't mean more engagement necessarily. You know, I rather have a lot of comments and people sharing their thoughts than just, you know, whatever, a couple hundred likes. That's not anything to me because I'm not connecting. I'm not, being social necessarily and so they're kind of like cheap you guys call them something you guys have been saying um like the, click, hub, click.
2: The, hub, the hub and spoke model
1: yeah or like clickbait it's like that i rather oh, yeah. I, I rather when i, I rather have Vanity like metrics oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Vanity metrics
2: like real metrics sorry yeah yeah but question
1: yeah. do we have a, a federation or an overarching umbrella like is the I don't know. Uh what's the that group? The event the event council? Safety Alliance,
2: Event Safety Alliance? Or the across no. the whole industry? The Event
1: Industry Council. Is that like yeah. the yeah. Our overarching umbrella? Like do we have yes. Is the CDC like going to them and saying, no. "Hey, no, why?" Like that's such an opportunity for the event industry. They should. Right, I mean, yeah, that's what we
2: talked about. We talked about that for years, though. Like, how, like whenever something bad happens, like, oh, not only do we need someone to represent us, but like, why doesn't someone like, why is there no like integration? But yeah, no, 100%. No one, oh my god, I mean, like, wh- have we talked about this on the show so far? I know we talked about this in real life, but if you, if you are, um, like, yeah, something has this happened, why isn't anyone coming to us to ask us what we think?
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's it's and we've had episodes on this as well, but like the, the the nature of how fractured not only the events industry is to consider that, like, you know, conference planners and wedding planners are rarely in the same place, let alone the idea of things like museums and sports and um, you know, everything is just so fractured when it comes to the live experiences industries. Um that they're they're really like EIC doesn't have an association in its membership that represents weddings. Nor does like the
2: Oh, um, so they don't have like Whip is not part of EIC? Nope. They don't care. Oh well. Interesting.
0: Interesting. Yeah, they, they're just not and there's more weddings than there are uh trade shows. Uh, you know, like by volume of gatherings, right? But I think that like the 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 definitions of uh <laughs> the definitions of uh, live events. Um, they've been defined, I think, mostly by the needs of stakeholders as opposed to the parameters of either what they are, which is gatherings uh, or um, just like the idea of, um, you know, getting people together and, you know, for a temporary period of time like that seems like a little esoteric, a little bit about the definition of something in a, in a textbook, but it doesn't have any practical Uh, legs to stand on, you know, there is no stakeholders for weddings. So therefore there's no sponsorship opportunities and there's just a, it just changes things completely. But now that the government is coming in and saying a gathering is a thing and it includes a wedding, it includes uh church, uh, it, it includes sports. It includes, um, you know, potential retail spaces, you know, uh, and retail installations and trade shows and conferences and things like that. Now that there, now that there is a, kind of a uh, an idea of what gatherings are in based on a limitation put upon it by the government in order to react to what's going on. Um, Maybe that's the catalyst we need to be able to have some kind of cohesion because there is something uh, you know to be said about them all being under one umbrella in a way that like maybe shootings didn't right like there were shootings in concerts uh, and um, You know, some other like uh, outdoor things. Right. But there there just wasn't uh, like with that, like it it just we didn't come together with that. Right. Because uh, ultimately we just saw it as a security risk and it was dealt with in a security way as opposed to like a parameters, like the amount of space between people sitting for a sporting event. And a trade show. Yeah. But like now at least there's there's some kind of antagonist that that all of these things are sort of against. Mm -hmm. Maybe that'll maybe that'll be what it takes. I don't know.
2: Well, it's interesting um, for this too. like on these guidelines that I kind of see is that like there's some there's some pretty good stuff on here, too. Right. Like discourage sick people from staying home right like obviously but like what's one that this interesting thing that's interesting that i didn't notice until of, um just now that's new that's not like just obvious because based on what we've been doing for the last couple of months is um if possible identify a space to be used to isolate staff or participants who come ill at the event yeah so it's a, it's basically like you're creating like you know how you have like a baby the baby or like the new mother's room or whatever it's going to be and a venue it's like that but for covid
0: yeah like. I mean <laughs> and moving forward too right like is, is there is there a way for someone to, who is sick you know in in a way that is not dehabilitating to them to their uh you know um what do you call it uh to the, to being able to travel i guess I don't know but like their communicable disease or maybe it's local is there a way that like someone can be feel well but still be um in a position where they can uh spreads anything. You know, like I think of like, because I have kids, um, like pink eye, right? Like uh kid can have pink eye. They're not like, you know, like they're able to do everything they normally are able to do, you know, like they're not so sick that they're like in a bed. Uh, but meanwhile their their hyper ability to spread it is is definitely mm-hmm. a thing. Um, do we create spaces at events for people to, you know, uh consume the event, you know, be a participant in the event, but also be isolated At the same time, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of design ramifications that are potential. Wouldn't they
1: just jump on, like, the virtual side of that? I I think so. You know? But, yeah, for me, I just think, like, hearing all the other news around the world and how they're handling it and everything of that sort, it's so much different in the United States because we have freedom, right? There's, like, stuff that maybe China or South Korea or even, like, Vietnam, because I'm half Vietnamese. Those are the discussions they shut that shit down real quick. But some of the things that they implemented that would never be able to happen in the U.S. because it's against our constitutional rights. And so there's well, no also just
2: the, the perception of our constitutional rights too, like that. People are just like, oh, it's like I have to be free to do whatever I want to do. If I want to get sick, I'll go do it myself. Right. But yeah, like I remember I talked to someone in Vietnam and they're like, if I walk out of my house, I get shot. Like there's a tank driving down like the street, like not like what? Okay, like it, it said basically. <laughs> so it, they just so in they a work? really
0: bad like place, maybe a it bad became, neighborhood, and then it's nothing to do with COVID. Maybe, I don't know. It
2: was like <laughs> like it hit like a military state. So um, you know, like essentially they 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 got to the point where like they have military patrols. Maybe it wasn't like you they'll no, get like, shot. No, but they do but, have like,
1: military. Yeah, but you yeah, would actually like, technically get isolated for 14 days, which basically meant you were put in jail if you were to leave yeah. outside of your city.
2: Okay. they like really, or maybe it was like it was only for yeah. Like if they, I, I don't know what the heck it was, but I just I remember mean, like they made it sound like tracks. way worse than it was here.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we're we're founded on the idea of rebellion. I think it it, it is kind of like, like it's obvious that we rebelled as a you know country for the you know away from. UK but like it, it, even in the way that we did it you know we like developed guerrilla warfare as a concept like we you know we're the only people to drop an atomic bomb like we don't really we we don't really play by the rules that we put on everyone else um you know even how we deal with the environment you know like we're the main drag on most negative economic things disproportionately based on our population. We, we just do what we want. Right. And I, and I think that that's because we are isolated and we have a lot of resources and like, and we're a new kid on the block, you know, like uh, when it comes to countries. So we're just, we're just oh, built we're by- so
1: annoying i know
0: we're we're like a rich kid who didn't earn it you know like somebody who just got an nba uh you know deal coming out of high school like here we're flush with money we're we're you know doing great and we're uh making our own rules up and you know hopefully we don't uh you know get to get get our our things together but ultimately like that's why these types of rules to put on us are like guidelines and they're not like uh like it requires us to requirements educate us right versus will's example of the snipers that are outside so like people like us like we need to do our part to like disseminate information and make it cool and fun and something that people will actually do and put social pressure with celebrities or that kind of thing versus the idea of like enforcement. I mean, even to the degree that like, the CDC says develop flexible refund policies for p- participants, right? Like that's one of the lists. Like it has nothing to do with necessarily with safety, but it does, like I- if you don't, if you don't make that that policy flexible, people be like, I'm kind of sick, but I don't wanna waste my money, so I'm gonna go, right? And th- the CDC knows that like, because of the freedom that we have, Uh, And because of how we're built, so to speak, uh, that, you know, if we if we do that, if we give people like that, you know, type of thing where they feel like they spend their money that way, they'll go anyway because they can. Uh, So I think it's smart to like really understand the psychology of the people when you're designing these things, as opposed to simply just saying these are stiff rules that we know that we're just not built for rule following (laughs) like you never have.
2: Yeah, I was curious like what you guys thought like the the likelihood is that these will actually get followed in a lot of ways but like I think they uh, will I don't
0: know I, honestly yeah. here here's the thing uh, there, there's a lot of pressure uh, on organizations not to be a canary in a mine shaft not to be the fire festival not to be the bad example uh, I think there's a lot of pressure that way um, and I think that uh, the marketing coming out of this in a in a, an environment where people have been through necessary campaigns of fear in order to get people to comply. Um, I think that's going to have to be the reverse is going to be campaigns of trust. And I think that, that those trust campaigns are going to have to be built on something uh, in order to gain the trust fast enough. Um, so they're going to leverage the trust in areas that people already you know feel like they, they are their authorities. Like it's one of the it, it is like a, a unifying de- design principle that authority uh, is a shortcut to uh, to trust and to shortcut to many people to get them in line. Um, the CDC is considered an authority. That persuasion, so can, Yeah, they can say like we we followed through with that. You know, we're we're CDC compliant. Like I think you're going to start to see language like that. Um, and uh, even for a market. Is
2: Kinda of like people put the gold badge on like their right. products, and they're like, oh, like, oh look, like, oh yeah, like, uh, like what? the best wedding, wedding. two thousand fourteen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I <laughs> it's was gonna talking, be like to supplier vendor.
1: I was talking to some supplier partners because right now, when we're talking, I feel like definitely about corporate, and a lot of the um, rentals right now, they're, they're they have business next month, but it's all Money. social. It's all at their home weddings yep. and yep. parties, and so what happens? Then like, are they, do they feel, do you think social and wedding planners feel the need to be as, Oh,
0: they have less to elaborate, uh, they're mavericks. They're smaller businesses. Uh, they have less, uh, they have like less things to worry about as far as insurance, they have less employees, uh, and workman's comp type things to worry about. Um, and I'm talking about the planners, you know, the people that are orchestrating a lot of this stuff, the suppliers, they have decisions to make, you know, but I mean, decisions to make with, with massive economic pressure, where there's an oasis of money, uh, where in they're going, you know, uh, or the desert, uh, they're going to be able to, you know, they're going to be making some tough decisions too, that are probably going to force them to be in situations where they would probably be on the edges of comfort. Uh, but ultimately I think that weddings are going to be a lot more risk taking, especially considering the fact that, um, Social gatherings just don't have the same level of scrutiny um, that corporate does, you know, like imagine someone like a a corporation right now putting on an event, a massive style event um, that, um, you know, people get sick on that corporation is going to look bad for years to come versus a family, which, you know, like won't have any kind of economic blowback associated with putting their friends and family who have the choice to come to their event or not uh in danger so like ultimately i think that like especially if there's a religious component to it um people will will take a heck of a lot more risk uh two things than they would if it was simply just um again like a trade show where they have to like say like this is a way that we you know gain leads or something like that while there's a big pressure on them to do that obviously um i think there's just so many great examples of organizations that have dissolved from making extremely risky, you know, decision making um, that people won't you know, do that, especially because everyone's in the same bucket. Like if, if everyone wasn't in the same bucket uh, and, and the competition and, and like the playing field wasn't, le- you know, level, um, then I would say that like the pressure might be a little bit more, you know, somebody might take a risk in order to gain some ground. But like since every since their competitors are hobbled as well, um, I think that, you know, uh, no one's going to want to be aggressive with with the, the risk and involved. Uh, but weddings, because there's just there's no stakeholders, sponsors, things like that, where there's just all these other people that could get ancillary uh, hurt uh, from involvement. Um, it just takes like a family to be like, yeah, let's just have a party, you know, and like
2: roll the dice. Could be wrong. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I think you you could be right too. Um, there's just so much interesting stuff on on this as well. Um, I definitely think the free fund policy was one thing that caught my eye that I really like too. Um, smart. It's actually really smart because at first it, it jumped out at me. I was like,
0: why do they even? Why are they even commenting on that? It's nothing to do with anything. And then I was like, wait, that's how people make desi- poor decisions, you know?
2: So now here's a question too: 250 people. Yeah, like not, not big, like I mean not big, but also is that also? I mean, like again, like we're not scientists here, right? Like we're we we are just three awesome event professionals that love to talk shit about the events industry, right? Um, we, um But <laughs> like, on who, us. can that be on Can that be our tagline? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, it has to be something about like liquids or brews or drinks or something like that. Oh, indeed, um, it's shit we then. we don't we don't link lift our pinky up when we sip our tea about the events industry yeah, um or our monster i don't know i just I, I just feel like 250 is too many right now like oh i don't i don't I, disagree I barely, with that i barely want to get together with three people in a room yeah no, i don't
0: i mean i don't disagree with that uh uh, uh for sure uh, again granted It's not saying go ahead and have 250 people at your event like that's fine it's saying these are the considerations for postponing a mass gathering so like for starters it already this this, these are already labeling for mass gatherings and i don't know about you but like in my tenure in the events industry i've never heard uh, the phrase "mass gatherings" uh, attributed to 250 people. You know, that's that, <laughs> yeah,
2: true. Yeah. that's that's 2572. was a mass gathering. Yeah, it's like 100,000 people. Is usually a mass gathering. Yeah, literally,
0: I, I, the 2572 inch tables. That that's your mass gathering. You know what I mean? So, it, we've already kind of changed the vernacular to to say like this is what we should be thinking about in the, in the, in the lieu of mass gatherings, and we've we've brought that bar way down. Uh, and then it's I says, think this was,
2: yeah these these are just I, I, say, I think this is I think this was made <laughs> before <laughs> like <laughs> the US went a lockdown though too because like if this is March fifteenth, I think that was the week that I decided to stay home and that was before restaurants closed in Arizona. So like I think this was when. Everyone was starting to freak out about it, but no one was really doing anything about it. So like maybe the chances are that this is just completely out of date too right now in May. And that like C D C doesn't it recommend anybody getting together.
0: I mean, they still have it up. That's true. You know, like they they're they're aware of where the problems are and uh, you know, and and gatherings certainly are, are high in that list. Um, again, this is the idea of like when you should cancel. And I think that ultimately I think they let the scope and size uh, of of the realities of what should and shouldn't happen up to the governors. Uh, in order to determine yeah. like the the local, you know, like the local um, equivalent of, of safety, because there is a range there for sure. Um, but they're just saying that, like, from their scientific point of view, like this is a, uh, a historical tipping point where they start to see cases that. Uh, Mm-hmm. above this is where the serious risks come so you know if this is part of your world if you have a dense event uh you know people with a greater risk of, of illness uh you know these types of things then like consider cancellation but one of the more interesting ones I uh, that I found in this list is something that really stuck in my mind when Bill Gates was talking about his ideas and parameters which was this um, idea that he had for the summer uh, early geez I want to say early April late March where he was like I think that there should be a risk reward uh, system put in place on gatherings Uh, and the idea was like if there is a a significant reward to um, to an area, to a region, to society uh, for opening something up, it could potentially overcome the risk, you know, so like saying that, like, you know, we're going to make everything as less risky as possible. But like if if something has a little bit of a risk but has very little reward, just don't do that either. Uh, however, if there's this kind of threshold of like a, like a big uh, societal uh, reward, and he was saying things like manufacturing specifically, uh, you know that there should be uh, a, a higher likelihood for uh, the the risk allowance. And they say this here is the potential economic impact to participants, attendees, staff on larger uh, community. So it wants um, it, it's taking like the economics. Yeah. Yeah. It's like,
1: is there going to be a stigma? You know, like there's a pharmaceutical conference. Cool. But what about like a local flower, you know, like a flowers trade show? Do you think they'll get talked Uh, badly or feel ashamed if you attend one of those?
0: I think that if you can draw a straight line when you're trying to build your case after the fact, potentially, or, or before that to say why this event is going to take place as planned, um, one of the factors that you can factor into this is saying uh, this has a as a significant uh, economic impact on the community in order to have this event. And while it is not their first thing, uh, which in some like people people's minds, like it's like the number one priority for them, like it's not, they're not saying that, but they're saying it is a factor, you know, like if if a community. Will be put behind. Uh, imagine a community whose, uh, like a, a a number of weekends uh, is um, maybe the tourism adds up to you know a, a a super significant percentage of the income that these org- or the, this community is able to gather for the year, uh, and uh, and maybe they're low uh, low economic uh, community as well. Maybe you know some Ozark Lake Town, right? Uh, maybe I've been watching too much Netflix um imagine no
2: spoilers
0: sorry sorry uh but imagine that right where there's like a weekend or a couple of weekends where they make most of their money and they're saying like we can't have you know these gatherings and and meanwhile that like that signifies like 75 percent of the income of the people there well people being in abject poverty for an entire year has a health risk as well you know like they're so they you know they, just from even a health standpoint you can really balance these things out so it, this is basically st- point bullet points for cases right You're making a case for canceling versus making a case to not cancel and th- these are what the CDC thinks are the significant ones um, so again I believe coming out of this and moving forward, you're going to see a lot more communication saying, we follow CDC guidelines, CDC approved, you know, CDC compliant, whatever they're going to say as far as marketing and communications. Um, I think, you know, it would be smart for us to know what those things are before we start just saying that or latching onto one part of it that we all remember, like we should all study this Um, if you're going to be competing in an environment where other people are going to be saying that.
1: Agreed, and let's do a call to action to our to our listeners right now. This document, yeah. we'll share it. It's six pages, five and a half pages long. Um, and take a look at it. Let us know what you think, and you know if you agree or disagree with with us. Uh, you could email it at eventbrew at or you can use hashtag eventbrew, or just tag one of us. You know, you know, we're always ready to talk shit. <laughs> Uh,
2: uh, uh. Not it, not it, not it Yay. Are we bopping this one up with a bow then?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, this is a significant thing. I think that, you know, it, to do your due diligence, you should, you should consume this. You should understand this. You should have a conversation around this. Uh, and you should understand the spirit of it for the time we're in now. And you should also understand um, what the CDC believes uh, the weak points are for live events in general, when it comes to viral outbreaks. Um, we talked in our episode uh, that duty care episode about, um, the importance of understanding um, people's lives are in our hands. Uh, I think that this is uh, when it comes to this, you know, not just about the last five or six, 10 years, I don't know, whatever it is about like soft targets and shooting, like I think viral outbreaks and I think uh, getting people sick and things like that are going to be part of the larger conversation. Uh, so we should, we should have a fundamental understanding of where our weak points are similar to how venues, uh, have spent a lot of time in the last number of years, knowing where their weak points are for things like active shooters.
1: Part of me is like, yes, this is really exciting. We have more responsibility, you know, like we have we have the opportunity to be like important and like to the world. But then the other side of me is like like fuck like it's just more stress like
0: there's more
1: protocols there's more things to learn everyone there's this and it's ever changing so i mean stay positive stay you know like on the excited side and i think that's that's why we need to all come together like all associations all like everyone just and and rally together and like unify and you know competitors and now like Partners, And they're talking about it, especially venues, especially rental companies, planners right now. I'm just talking to planners and just training and, and educating myself in all aspects like virtual event, online meetings, like all the updates, even the local ones. So that's my advice for everyone.
2: I would say, too, if, you, if you're listening to this show to uh, listen to our episode called The Future of the Event Team um, episode that we did we had uh, talked about also adding a role for safety in the future as well i mean like i feel like ever more now now is it not just active shooters cybersecurity, but now also you know health security as well um so if, if you do feel that overwhelmed feeling go check out our past episode called i think it's called the future of the of the event team or something like that we'll link it in the blog post and in the description of the the, the podcast as well so you can check it out
1: all right that's it we have Gone over, but what a good conversation, discussion. Yeah. Nice.
2: Yeah. Woo! All, All right. right. Well, thank you for doing the call to action at the end. So I guess we just get to say goodbye to everybody, yeah. right? All right. Well then. Peace. Bye.
0: Have a good week. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.